0: listening to The 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. Let's turn to our first guest and topic of today, a juicy topic today. We're talking about relationships and affairs with Alison Halexa, who's a psychotherapist at MindWorks, which is part of the OTP Healthcare. Welcome back on the program, Alison, and it's great to see you again.
1: Great to see you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for, for joining us. I say it's a juicy topic, but it's also a very serious topic, which yes. has very serious implications to to marriages and relationships but it's not really that much discussed uh we don't really talk so much i don't think we've talked so much about it uh on the one two three show itself Uh, so first of all can we talk about some of the reasons why people have affairs
1: sure so i think some of the common reasons cited are that people feel lonely in their relationship there's some sort of distance in the relationship so that can be either emotional or literal distance um, the exposure to possibility. So some people are just kind of constantly exposed to people who are looking to to engage in that activity. Um, entitlement is a big one. So people often feel like they're entitled to sleep with whoever they'd like to. I'd say a lack of healthy boundaries. So people who enter relationships who don't actually have any kind of Moral structure or really sense of of kind of boundaries and 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 a relationship in which boundaries are not even discussed and it's not yeah.
0: necessarily a reflection whether you're a good or bad person it, it sometimes is it because the opportunity arises or you're not getting enough from your partner and there's a lack of communication
1: yeah, I mean it absolutely can be i I always do think that people have a choice, so I don't think we randomly bump into people and and start having sex with them. Yes. I think there is a there is a choice point having said that there are different seductive factors right so there can be a loneliness or disconnect in the relationship which can be met with the opportunity so that is a perfect storm if people you know decide to to engage in it yeah
0: i mean what are some of the signs of uh, of uh, infidelity i mean can you spot signs uh, if you're in a relationship yeah. uh and you suspect your partner having a relationship are there some telltale signs
1: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Over the years, I've worked with so many people who have either had affairs themselves or have been in relationships where the other person has. And some people swear that there were absolutely no signs. And other people say that there were signs either in real time, you know, while they were still in the relationship and the affair was going on or upon reflection. So one of the things I always tell people to start to notice is, is there any kind of change, good or bad? So in other words, with people who are engaging in affairs tend to go in one of two directions. So they tend to either be more sexual with their partner or much less sexual with their partner. They tend to be either a lot more affectionate with their partner or less affectionate with their partner. So start to look out for the changes. And we don't know exactly why that happens, but sometimes people in affairs, they feel more liberated. So they feel like now that they're opening up sexually or emotionally with someone else, they can do that in their own marriage. And some people actually will create almost um, an aggression in, in their marriage once they're having an affair, because they're trying to justify to themselves, of course I'm having an affair because this is a horrible relationship. So look for, for the change. Um, but as I said, there are some people I've worked with who, who absolutely will swear that they hadn't noticed any difference. Yeah, I wonder which yeah. is
0: harder to spot. I mean, some uh, some uh, if your partner was suddenly more affectionate with you, would you take it as, oh, wow, this is this is great. He or she's showering me with more attention. Um, and if they're sort of distance does it come down to stress from work or from anxiety it's so difficult to sort of pinpoint um those uh uh, elements so if you do suspect um your partner is cheating on you how best to approach it i mean you can't just let the elephant be in the room and you've got to sort of approach it and you know and there will be hurt there'll be betrayal but you don't want to sort of go in accusing them either
1: yeah, I mean, it, yeah, most of us don't do well when we're accused of doing anything, especially in a marriage. We take it extremely personally. Um, having said that at the same time, it's a bit difficult to kind of skirt around the issue, right? So in one way, we don't want to start off by just accusing our partners, you know, you must be having an affair. But on the other hand, it's worth checking in and just seeing, you know, how is how is my partner feeling in the relationship? Is a person satisfied? You know, are there things that he or she wants to discuss? And I think it's totally appropriate to to bring up any suspicions, of course, we would just hope it's done in a in, in, in a, a s- more
0: diplomatic in a fairer way yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. okay. There are two sides to to this coin you know the 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 person who's being cheated on and then there's the, the, the person who's cheating yes. on their partner let's talk about that the person who's cheating on their partner is honesty the best policy i mean if you are if you're cheating on your partner and and you feel ready to sort of come clean how do you address it do do you sort of sweep under the rug and to start fresh or do you come clean i mean how does it work with all that emotional baggage
1: yeah it's a great question and i get this actually quite a lot i see people in, in therapy all the time who say look i'm having an affair but is it really worth hurting hurting my wife or my husband's feelings can i just forget about this can i just wipe the slate clean And even though I'm not a proponent of transparency in a marriage, in other words I'm not for sharing everything, I do think the big things we must share because these sort of lies can become very poisonous and even if you think you're doing a good job in the moment of compartmentalizing them or pushing them down, they somehow rear their head later in the relationship. So as it relates to something like an affair, Absolutely, I do think honesty is the best policy. Now, there can still be boundaries. I don't think you have to go into every kind of dirty detail, detail. of the affair, and you do want to be respectful of, of you know, the how that might, feelings, yeah, yeah, how that might impact your partner. But at the same time, I, I'm not a proponent proponent of lying or just pretending as if it didn't it didn't exist yeah. because it did. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, does an affair always mean the end of a relationship mm. or the end of a marriage?
1: Definitely not, but it's not an easy thing for a marriage. So I think of it almost as an earthquake or an explosion, right? And we have to kind of look at how 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 healthy kind of the ground was before the earthquake occurred, mm-hmm. and kind of how much work you want to put into the repair, and how much the two of you are really committed to the relationship, because... I was yeah. going to say whether you have yeah.
0: children as well. Sometimes sure. it's not just the two of you. It would be sometimes more simple if it was just the two of you, but sometimes yes. there are children involved in in the marriage too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think people, you know, simplify it and say the person should leave or they shouldn't leave because of X or Y, and. Rarely have I ever seen it as as such a simple equation. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about
0: how therapy can help the uh, the individual or couples overcoming that hurt and betrayal. Um, Perhaps let's talk about, uh, well, uh, up to you. do you want to talk about the individual therapy first or should they come as a couple?
1: Yeah. So I think, you know, there's no therapy in the world and there's no therapist in the world who could ever allow, who, who could ever get someone over an affair. In other words, it's something that can be integrated into a marriage, it can be integrated into their relationship, but the closest I've seen, as one client put it, is she has 97% trust in her husband going forward, but will never fully give him 100% after the affair. So I think we have to be reasonable and say therapy can be a really great container, a really safe space for couples to discuss where they'd like to go in the marriage, in other words, do they want to continue in the marriage, is this a point at which they want to say goodbye, for them to reassess what their values are, what their goals are, talk a bit about, you know, why the affair might have happened, what they're going to do differently to respond to whatever reason they felt that they had to have the affair. Um, So it's a good place for exploration, and what's good about having someone else in the room is that it helps to neutralize some of what we're feeling, Because when you're just with the other person, you're contained in that history that you share together, so everything feels super intense, whereas having another person can sometimes cut that intensity.
0: Yeah, and more polite to each other in a way, and perhaps no name calling.
1: Right? Yeah, we we do. There's still a lot of name (laughs) calling at times, but but I think you know when you asked about kind of couples versus individual therapy, um, some couples benefit from only doing the couples therapy, and some uh, really really benefit from also doing the individual therapy. So if the couple is dead after the affair there's no point in going to therapy, right? Like if it's already dying or it's already dead after the affair, then yeah, no therapist is going to be able to revive it. But I think if there's enough commitment to really work on the marriage, the couple's therapy is absolutely necessary and the individual therapy for a lot of people they do find very helpful yeah what sorts of
0: tools do you give them to help them through this process because it's a it's a process of of pain of betrayal but also it's it also gives you hope if you can overcome such a big earthquake as you put it earlier you know in, in a relationship
1: yeah so I think you know a lot of times in couples therapy when we're working with affairs we see it in in phases, right? Because often right after the affair, there has to be a phase of of what what's called atonement, right? And I don't mean that in the religious sense, but there has to be some sort of reconciling with what had happened and really being apologetic and and, and really understanding the hurt that it's caused the marriage. Second phase is often what we call attunement, which is when you're kind of you're you're really being very very aware of what your partner's feelings and and needs and desires and values are and finally the last stage is what we call attachment so it's when you really start to get into that other phase of marriage so typically the tools that we use are trying to have the couple clarify would they like to move forward in the marriage right and understanding if if that's going to be a possibility and then they're often moving through these three phases it's never so neat yeah. yeah, so we sort of go in and out of them. Um, also, just for you know, building up people's self esteem is very important. So people often feel very depleted of self esteem after the affairs were fe- after the affair is revealed. Um, also just kind of reconnecting with the joy in their life. Yeah, That's another important tool and, and not have the sole focus in their mind be this affair. Yeah, let's go back to the yeah. sort of
0: the root of cheating. I know sometimes a lot of times we, we, we talk about men who cheat but actually do, do we see a lot of women who cheat as well? Oh, yes. Is it unfair to always say, oh, it's the man who found another woman, the other woman wrecked our marriage but there could be the other man who wrecks the marriage
1: too. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I have seen a tremendous uptick in women having affairs over the years. And, you know, I've spoken to various counterparts in, in different countries, different couples therapists, and everyone pretty much says the same thing, which is it's probably about equal at this point. I was point. going to say, what's the ratio? Yeah.
0: About 50-50?
1: I, 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 that's my guess. The, the problem with affairs is we don't have good data on them, right? So we know that as women's pay rise increase Their likelihood of having an affair increases. We know, you know, the more unsatisfied they are emotionally in a relationship, the more likely they are to to have affairs. But when it comes down to kind of the dirty details of who's doing what and who's sleeping with whom and and how, how often that occurs, it's hard because people lie about this all the time. So the research is not super solid, but it's but it seems to be in many developed countries. It's pretty close to 50 50.
0: And it's it's a good step that they're actually seeking therapy. Is that usually the first step that they want to stop the cheating and that they want to work on the marriage or or are they looking for a way out?
1: I think it can go one in, in either direction. So I think some people are. You know, truly
0: starts off in reconciliating and then suddenly realize actually we're better off apart.
1: Absolutely. And I've seen that happen before where couples after an affair are really committed and they come into therapy and it's exposed that actually they feel better off on their own. And I've seen the opposite happen as well, where they first think that the that the affair has completely ruin the marriage, and it's turned out to be stronger than it was before. Yeah, I,
0: I know I started out uh, asking you why do people have affairs, yeah. but let's sort of divide it. Do men and women have affairs for different reasons? Mm. or Are they pretty much sexual, or what are some of the, the, the differing reasons be- between men and women?
1: Yeah, it's it's a good question, but a very difficult one to answer because, you know, stereotypically, men have affairs because of physical attraction, that's right? The and often
0: cliche sort of yeah, where animals they see it, they yes. want it type
1: yes. of thing, and and I, I I'm not sure if that's really true or that's just been socially conditioned or accepted. Um, so that's sort of the, the stereotypical man having the affair. The stereotypical woman having the affair feels emotional disconnect in the it's marriage. The
0: loneliness. And yes, yes.
1: Yes. And there was one, you know, interesting study that showed that, you know, men often report feeling happy in their marriages while still having the affair, whereas women who are having affairs often report feeling unhappy in their marriage. But again, I think to this question of is there a real difference? Um, probably unlikely. But I think it's just that women now feel that they're able to, and, and so they're kind of capitalizing on that. Yeah, what yeah. tips and,
0: and advice do you have for, for couples who are going through this difficult time, you know, how should they, and if they haven't seek therapy yet, you yeah. know, sometimes there's that shame, there's that embarrassment, you know, I've maybe I suspect um, my, my wife cheating on me, but I don't want to really admit to it. How do you approach it? Because it's it can be embarrassing.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, first we just have to respect people's personal timelines. It sometimes takes a bit of grieving on your own and, and a bit of grieving with people who are close to you before you do go into therapy. But I would say that the the sh- the, the secrecy of the shame is, is often worse than dealing with the shame itself. Yes. So I right. think as soon as someone does feel ready to get help, it doesn't have to be a therapist. It could be a pastor. It could be a close family friend. It could be a parent. It could be a sister. But I do feel that it's important often to have some sort of outside voice to, to help counsel. Yeah. Alison, yeah. thank you so much for thank your you sharing. Very it's
0: not an easy topic to no. talk about. Um, remind our listeners once again, how they can find out more about you and your work. Have you got a website where they can find your work?
1: Sure. So OTNP has just opened um, a fantastic new therapy clinic called Mindworks, that's M-I-N-D. W-O-R-X. So if you go to OTMP's website, www.otnp.com, you can look for MindWorks and find us.
0: Excellent. And meanwhile, thank you so much thank you. for your time this afternoon. And that's Alison Alexa, a psychotherapist uh, from MindWorks, which is
1: part of the OTMP Clare. Thank you. Thank you.